So you're saying to yourself, yo, sir, dude, I wanted to see Kevin Smith in Halifax, Nova Scotia, but the motherfucker sold out. Well, after I shed a tear for you, I highly recommend bookmarking csmod.com. That's the place on the worldwide interwebs to see all upcoming Smodco shows, updated with linky links to Tiki Tickets. Say it with me, baby. csmod.com. Nice. Ooh, I just got a little hard there. So, you're saying, yo, sir, dude, I love sir, and I want to show the world. Wear your sir love with our official t-shirts, biatch. Fishies have no eyes. Let us fuck. Jay and Silent Bob get old. The Garmy. There's also posters, action figures. There's so many to choose from. Grab your smirch at smodcast.com. Scroll down and click on Smerchandise. Hey, this is Jack Morrissey, welcoming you to episode 11 of Team Jack on Smodco. Episode 11, All Dogs Go to Heaven, which you would, a title you would already know by now if you've even, if you've clicked. Um, I'm here, again, we're like, um, we're stripped down elemental and low-key again this week, rolling into the holidays. I'm here with my two co-hosts. Matt Cohen. Hello. And Greg Yolen. Hi. Hi. Who's still with us? Hey, hi. I am still with you. Uh, before returning again to the wilds of Vancouver. True. Uh, tomorrow morning. And Matt Cohen, where are you going and when? I am heading to, Next. uh, Manhattan Island to partake Ooh. in some fish concerts. Um, four of them to be exact. You mean, uh, the band fish. Manhattan Island. What was it called? Manhattan Island Federal. Federal, federal Prison. <laughs> yeah. An Escape from New York. Yes, exactly. Snake Plissken is, is a special guest. It's uh, funny. In, in, uh, in the, the federal prison that I would be assigned to, fish plays. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I have to watch band. you go boom. That's, no, that's interrogation. That's, uh, that's so, the end of Blues Brothers is fish. So yeah, I'm going to, uh, Fish is playing Madison Square Garden for four nights for New Year's and New I've Year's. I've heard Eve. of this venue. There's not really a the garden, garden of Madison Square is there per se. Um, there might have been originally. I don't know, there but, but been. there is. There's no greenery to be seen. You're right. No. Well, at a fish concert, there will be. Greenery. Oh, I mean, yeah, it will. It will be greener than Central Park at those four nights, but uh, b- but no actual garden, unless you count nitrous tanks, arranged like uh, garden gnomes or something outside the door. Speaking which, of which, if you're looking for a fun game at a fish concert, count the nitrous tanks. <laughs> I mean, you, expect, if you do count nitrous tanks, well, then it, count them. Are we it, referring to whippets? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or is it like whi- whi- yeah. They're balloons. They're, whippets. they're whippets, but they're balloons full of nitrous. So they're not like the little canister thingies. Okay. Like in olden days, literally dude brings like an industrial nitrous tank. They put balloons on the end of it and they sell them to people in the street. So that you can then suck the, suck the nitrous and out get the, of the womp, balloon. womp womp. Yeah, I, I don't I don't fuck do with that again. I don't fucks with that anymore. Womp 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 womp. Everyone knows. Yeah, it's true. There are guys who know. stand outside you Madison Square Garden going. Never seen ever they go here. Get your nitrous here. Make fish sound acceptable here. <laughs> yeah, they're car- they they hire their own carnival barkers. Uh, 
They're very festive. <laughs> do they really? No, no, no. But the crazy thing is, like, you, yeah, <laughs> what do I know? you see that stuff at, like, shows in Wisconsin and shows in Indiana, and you're like, all right, sure, we're in the middle of a fucking field. They have them on Fifth Avenue. <laughs> like, I've been to fish shows at the Garden before, and right. that doesn't stop the, uh, the nitrous army from, from setting up shop, like, at Penn Station. It's kind of fucking brazen. Wow. And incredibly legal, and people get arrested almost immediately. How many fish shows have you been to in your life? 52? I love that you know. This will be Greg Yolen. One. Jack Morrissey. None. Goose Egg. Yeah. I, w- I went to one fish show at the Hartford Civic Center. What year? 99? I would say it was 98. Okay. And Makes sense. Uh, I uh, didn't smoke pot. Then were you a pot? Were you a, were you a pot smoker? Then no, no, I did. I had never smoked pot at that point, <laughs> and uh, and it was. It what was you're trying okay. to say is you didn't smoke pot back then. I'll put it. I'll put it. I'll put it this way. Um, I love the Who. I love rock and roll. Big big rock and roll fan. They uh, Fish shares my love of the Who, and they share my love of the album Quadrophenia. So they played a they cut played off drowned. of, of uh, exactly off yeah. of Quadrophenia. Except the difference between the great album version and the fish version is one of them went on for twenty five minutes, and the other one is awesome. <laughs> 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 that was that was my takeaway from that. <laughs> I mean, I, I I like a wah-wah pedal as much as the next guy, but um, not, I guess not I, even a wah-wah pedal to be seen, sir. Right? Let's not even get. Let's not get to it. No, I, let's not get to it. <laughs> Um, it's a I was, deeper, it's I was a going with appreciation my, of music. Not everyone, not everyone can deal with that. I was right. going with my great friend who is a, a big, uh, fish head. Is that what the, a fish, fish file? Fish head. It would fish be, head. Yeah. Roly poly. And he wore that, that dress that, uh. The, the fishman, Henrietta dress. The fishman. The blue, dress. blue, red polka dotted dress that the drummer he, wears. He sewed it himself, show. uh, <laughs> instead of apparently doing his homework. But I did my homework. Did yeah. you not wear the? Did you, did you have <laughs> because at dress? that point I had never smoked pot. <laughs> but you were. Let's, let's just to be fair, you had a, a raging crack uh, habit going, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You just you never drank, never did like you. I'm straight meth, to the pipe. I methed out of my mind. Straight to the pipe. Yeah, yeah I mean, he has no teeth. Let's just say for the record, in in uh, college you were known as Tina Yolen, weren't you? <laughs> but not because of his drug habits. Rolling, an entirely rolling. other reason. That's weird. Is Tina an expression referring to crystal meth that goes beyond the confines of the gay ghetto? I've never. Because that's heard what that homosexual males before. refer to crystal meth as is Tina. They give oh, everything no a girl name though. I like Mary, Mary, and she. Yeah. <laughs> I love when a gay Fun guy calls pronouns. a dude she. Yeah, that's exactly. my that's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Fun with pronouns. Uh, during Blowhard once, Gwen Turner once was talking in, re- in reference to Malcolm Ingram said, Psh, "That bitch doesn't know everything. What the- that bitch doesn't know everything. <laughs> Fuck her." And like Malcolm was there, it was funny, but it was just it's so endearing, so endearing. Gwen Turner, who wrote American Psycho, did she not? She did. She adapted and, American Psycho from the novel Blood from Rain. Mary Heron. <laughs> What's Blood Rain? An Uwe Boll film. Yeah. Blood Rain. She wrote that? Yeah, she actually talks about it in, um, there's that great doc, Tales from the Script. Okay. About, uh, just kind of the screenwriting nightmare, what it's like to be a screenwriter. And right. she's in it and she talks about working on the Uwe Boll wow. film. Wow. Which was an interesting experience, I think. Wow. And uh, Go Fish was her big flick, I think. Right? That's right. At both as both writer and director, right? And then it was like a Sundance movie. Like that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she is a les lesbianics. Yeah. A lot of lesbianics. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. big time. Um, and we respect them. Totally. I, I have to be the one on this podcast to make sure that there is no ambiguity. We love lesbians. I love lesbians. We love I them. consider myself a male lesbian proudly. I consider what you a male lesbian mean? too. You, no, you it like means absolutely nothing. What? It means absolutely. What did you say? You like hickama? I don't know. Like the the the, the hickama is an incredibly bland vegetable that lesbians chop dice <laughs> and use for for every meal. Jack, Jack, Jack is like basing his rationalization on many years <laughs> yeah. of hickama research. I was like, wow, I did not know that lesbians flock to hickama. Yeah, they that's love cool. Their, they love them some hickama. That's uh, about all I know too, by the way, about lesbian culture, other than the L word. Um, that's that's I prefer. I know the nothing. C word. Yeah. Cookie. Uh, or the big C. The big C. The big C. Exactly. It was, it was called the C. Um, so this episode is called All Dogs Go to Heaven. Oh, Greg Gillen's coming right at it. Because. I was going to wait on that. Because our good friend. Kim Jong-il. <laughs> Little Kim Jong-il. Loved the Kim movie. Jong-il. He loved that movie. He also died incidentally, but that has nothing to do with the name of the, the title. He just loves is that. Is Team America even partially responsible? Oh, dude. I was, at least he's not Ronery anymore. As soon as he died, I was like, all right, Twitter, get at them Team America jokes. <laughs> hey, it was all and you they saw. Did. Oh, my God, they did. God bless him. It's a good thing in the world that he's not around, right? Yeah, I think so. I don't know about that. He was I, a think film fan. I think I'd rather have a 69-year-old weirdo with their finger on the button than a fucking 20-something. You know what? Here's the thing. New, <laughs> new 27-year-old guy, he's a real chubby guy. I kind of trust him because of that. He looks like he's, he looks like a sweetheart. He's got like real puffy cheeks. Have you seen the picture? That they feed him well in the Jung Il family. That can be that. That is, uh, it's the Kim family because the family. last name first is name, comes they first. It. Uh, right. That is so deceptive. That is such a, a stereotype that fat people are jolly. And <laughs> have you ever seen a fat dictator before? Have I ever seen a fat dictator before? I mean, let's not talk I, about the fat dictators that there exist. There are so many I know, fat but dictators. Let's not bring Winston them up. Churchill. Let's not. Yeah, he was, <laughs> oh, he was the worst. Fattest. <laughs> All those London fire bombings. Idi Amin, Amin like, didn't have no six-pack. I mean, yeah. Who? Idi Amin didn't have a six-pack? He pack? didn't have no six-pack. No. Lift up that shirt. He looks like Forrest Whitaker under there. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like Forrest Whitaker, Whitaker basically. Some, uh, All... All around, above it's, and below. It's, it's tr- Devin so Faraci, uh, uh, of formerly of Chud, actually tweeted, um, uh, 27 year old running North Korea. That's the best sitcom idea of all time. <laughs> Cause like, I'm 27. If someone was like, here, North Korea, go with it. I don't even know what I'd do. Nuclear states. Don't that's, even know. That's what I'm frightened of. Uh, as, you know, it, all we need is some overweight dude, right? Mm-hmm. Who has, uh, self image insecurity issues mm-hmm. being rejected by some hot Korean he probably girl, gets laid all and the he time puts his finger on a button and blasts the u.s to smithereens because you know someone told him that they just want to be friends and puts him in the friend zone he puts us in the defcon one zone <laughs> i agree with i you. don't feel good about that, that. But what about the work? possibility for reunited what if he's like a, like a giant so Korean. north he's, and south? It could happen. He's right? like big in social media, and he loves he loves like the Big Bang Theory and all. Like, what if he's like a Western junkie, and we don't know about it? And like, well, he's, but his father was he a was Western a huge junkie. film fan, wrote books on it, even yeah, made huh. made movies, and that's Kidnapped why filmmakers to make movies. That's why the the whole parody in Team America, where he's putting on that big show, is actually based on fact that he loved him some pageantry. 
and really was like a film and musical buff. There's an amazing... Uh, and probably did sit at a piano and sing a song like I'm So Ronery. There's an, ama- <laughs> There's an amazing uh, like short documentary they put out a few years ago called uh, The Vice Guide to North Korea. It's on vice.com. You can check it out, like the magazine. And basically this dude snuck into North Korea and filmed it and pretended to be like some ambassador for like a week. Right. It is fucking insane. And he goes to that thing. It's the giant pageant with like 50,000 people performing right. in it. And they do it for four people in the audience. It's like a stadium built for 80,000 and there's four people sitting in the audience. And they do like right. a six hour long. Everywhere they go, it's, it's all pomp and circumstance. They walk into a restaurant and every single table has full fucking food pouring off the gills and yet there's no one there and the second they leave food pouring off the gills i like to mix my analogies Uh, that works um was that annoying uh carnival barker was not on the sidewalk in front of the house today was he Selling those goddamn balloons again <laughs> to Matt Cohen. No, did you, he wheeled his You, car sir, are you doing a podcast here? Take a balloon. Yeah. <laughs> It'll get you high as fuck. Well, it's because most of the other drug dealers go with like the, yo, man, you on drugs. This guy at least is like, hey there. You know, he's friendly. Like, it, you, he hooks you in. You want to know balloon, what he's... He's a balloon salesman. You want to know what he's selling. He's yeah. than a pusher. Yeah. He's he does, Mr. Balloon, He does nitrous man. animals. Nitrous he's animals. Mr. Balloon, man. And let's just Want to get high say. off a of flamingo? Anything, um, if you don't know anything about men who make balloon animals in New York City, Ooh. just watch Capturing the Freedmen's. It's so true. <laughs> or math teachers. Or math teachers. Yeah. <laughs> Long Island math teachers. Oy. Like very close to where I'm from, like two towns over. Yeah, Is yeah. that true? Yeah, great neck. I love, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm not you from Great Neck. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not from shit. Great Neck. I'm the from Sayasi. The fucking Freedmen's were in Great Neck? Freedmen's yeah. was in Great Neck, dude, yeah. You didn't re- you didn't realize that when Jack just Fuck. got back from a wedding in Great Neck. He stayed at a hotel in Great Neck. <gasps> and I could have gone by the fucking Freedmen's house. Are you kidding me? You could have taken the That's better than the Amityville house. Yeah. If you're, if you, oh, yeah. shit. For anyone who hasn't seen the film Capturing the Freedmen's, it take is it, a remarkable, a fascinating, a fantastic documentary. documentary. Incredibly disturbing. An amazing film. Yes. However, not going to feel good about the world after you watch it. No, you probably won't. No, but if you have have even a passing interest in what <clears throat> what is revealed as the subject matter eventually after after the documentary filmmaker literally starts out making a documentary about Manhattan's busiest and most popular, you know, party balloon animal clown <laughs> clown children's birthday clown. Um, and then it takes a. You will watch every special feature on that DVD. You will listen to every word of that commentary. Yep. You will be, you will be thirsty for like every piece of additional information that you can get. It's a great, great, great documentary, and it concerns the Friedman family of Great Neck. And I can't even fucking believe that <laughs> I miss that. It's true, you fool. It's true. If only you knew. And they did it, right? Yeah. They did it. Yeah. Yeah, you would assume so, right? I, 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 do. I, came I assume away the father the certainly did with with that sort of impression. And the film is fairly impartial in terms of how it, it is. tells it, the well, story. That's why it's a good documentary. And by, and not yeah. a piece of but shit. I, I think anyone who sees that evidence before it comes away thinking like, "Yeah, they're fucking. They did it." Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, let's not. That's that's the the biggest recommendation we can give. Uh, Great, for Nick, a film. though. I can't even believe it. Um, so I saw Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol last night. Have you seen it? I didn't see it yet. I heard good things, though. It's fun. It's okay, really but fun. Before we drill into that, yeah. Greg and I were talking, as usual, before waiting for Matt to show. Mm-hmm. 
and I didn't want to get too deeply into it. Um, oh yeah, Greg has already reviewed it for the for uh, stevenspielblog.com a couple hours, which ago. is also, by the way, um, you can like Steven Spielblog on Facebook. Can you not? Do you have a Facebook page? You know, I don't. Did you just post it through your own page? page? I don't have a Facebook. You know, that's a good idea. Well, Team Jack has a Facebook page. Great, Jolan. I I am still frightened of it like fire. All right. Well, let's just say, um, go to stevenspielblog.com to read Greg Yolen's review of MI MIGP FTW. If for no other reason than to see the remarkable photograph of Mr. Tom Cruise <laughs> that has been posted at that URL. It's, Holy shit. It's amazing. What's up? Uh, well, How do we explain this? You know, it, he, he has a physique that if you're... If you, if you, and you'll see this photo if you go on. It's a shirtless photograph of Tom Cruise, probably taken from the shooting location of this movie. Yes, there's a, there's a scene in which he's shirtless. Uh, in the movie? Uh, mm-hmm. A fun scene, but you don't see that. Uh, what that is. That, that full torso shot, which, uh, I, I caption Tom Cruise, People Magazine's Sexiest Man Alive, 1990. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> because it is, it is, Kind of disturbing. Um, he looks like what's the name of the character from League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? Yeah, who goes tearing all tearing all along the rooftops of Paris or yeah, whatever. Yeah, I believe Mr. Hyde. Mr. Hyde. Mr. Yeah, Hyde. He looks all a little pumped Mr. up. Heidi. Uh, there's something that that is asymmetrical about his. Uh, what his the fuck? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, oh, Matt Cohen just no. He looks like some kind of Guillermo del Toro creature he from does. Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah. He, he looks kind he's of got like the, the dude skin, from Pan's Labyrinth. He's got the skin of the no face guy from yeah, Pan's the, Labyrinth. The hands and the eyes angel guy. of death guy mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. It's, whatever he fucking called the fawn. Let's yeah. just say that is an unretouched, probably paparazzi photograph from the location. He yeah. looks like he's been in a knife fight. It's startling. It's strange. Um, Do we think steroids? Hell? No. Zenu, man, maybe. I th- how old is Tom Cruise? He's over 50. Well, that is the question. You know? I don't know that he's over 50, is he? I think 50. he's like he's 48-ish. No, he's okay. over 50. Well, well, we could check. I mean, yeah, the internet exists. Yeah. But and is the IMDb check, really, really going to have an accurate birth date for Tom Cruise? It's so true. Thomas, Map- Thomas Cruise Mapother III? Mapother. Um... I'm not sure they are. The the one of my favorite things about this movie, which which is really fun, uh, though, is the very wise decision to jettison any romantic plot with Tom Cruise, uh, which the last two films, actually the first three, but really the last two, Mission Impossible two and three, relied way too heavily on. But it also sort of reflects uh, how. Uh, you know, I think a, a pretty obvious understanding on the filmmaker's part, and probably on Tom Cruise's part, that he is not a romantic lead anymore. Yeah, and that his his day has passed, and that people get skeezed out by him as a romantic lead. Yeah, and so this film just has n- not not a whiff of it, and it's great yes. as a result. According to the IMDb, Tom Cruise is fifty years old. If on that's the, true, on the button. If that's true. And he was also 50 years old last year. <laughs> and the year before that. Are you not believing And the then age? the year before that, he was 38 somehow. Because a guy that old couldn't be that ripped? Because look at fucking Stallone. He's like 95 no, years old. he could old. be that ripped. It, he's, he's, he's ripped. It's just a weird, really... It's a weird, weird configuration. He doesn't seem to have, have uh, developed like pectoral yeah. muscles. It's a strange, saggy man boob thing. 
But it's all over his stomach. Well, look at the picture. But you don't see that really in the film. Um, Yeah. It's like his arms look good because he wears a tank top. He's got nice nice lats. Nice guns. Um, But yeah. That's freaky, man. Really Steven, fun movie. Steven Spielberg. Brad Bird v, does a great job uh, and, Simon and makes kind of the best James Bond movie. Uh, and why, do, and why do you compare it to a James Bond Because it is a James film. Bond movie. In what way? Well, J- I mean, in the, in the sense that Mission Impossible was a TV series that capitalized on the success of the James Bond series, which started in 1962, but really took off a few years after that. And... Mission Impossible started in 1966. So okay. the whole, you know, nascency of Mission Impossible comes right out of, you know, it's, it was a rip-off. They were knocking it off yeah. good and early. Uh, and, Four and years the into film the series of... Mission Impossible is, you know, it's like the second best thing you're going to get to Bond, which, and by the way, came about, it, the series started in a time when James Bond movies really hadn't, they'd hit a lull. Like, you didn't have a lot of Bond movies in the, the early 90s. Did they right. ever do uh, Mission Impossible films pre Tom Cruise? No. no, there was never a feature with like whatever they uh, they brought back the series briefly in Robert the eighties with you know uh, no Robert Graves. Okay, all right, that was close. Uh, yeah, and uh, and and yet so I mean and the, let's this run film through is just the, like, let's run through the films to this point for the un- you got because the literally or the James for Bond some films. people listening to this it's <laughs> entirely possible that. The original Mission Impossible movie, which was released in the year way before they were ninety six, way before they were born, no, they wouldn't even know who directed it. Or yeah. so the first Mission Impossible I was ninety six, directed, directed by Brian. They've, Palma. Always, they've always been financed and uh, they've always been paid for and distributed by Paramount. And Paramount. De Palma was the first one. De Palma. Correct. It Brian goes De Palma. Palma. Then in two thousand, it's John Woo. Woo. Okay, hang on, just one second. So the Brian De Palma movie, the mo- the the two arguably most famous set pieces from that movie are the. Dangling sort of head into, first down a, a into Quantico, the sterile. Yeah. The room that you couldn't change the temperature and you couldn't clean room. You couldn't, yeah. The drop of sweat falls off and he fucking grabs it. By cable. Which is a fantastic sequence. Good which scene. is a great step. And, and visually, yeah, um, right. still sort of, still lingers. And from mimicked that movie. in a lot Absolutely. of films after that. And still is. Correct. It's become like yeah. a precursor go-to in action films. And they, or and if they you wander down, for instance, to Hollywood Boulevard to one of the wax museums, you're very likely to see hanging. a Tom Cruise character it's true. hanging from it's black iconic. cables. And, wearing and a- to the extent that they, they more or less redo that effect of dropping and then not hitting the ground in uh-huh. every Mission Impossible movie it happens. Interesting. In the second one, which is directed by John Woo, he dives down this huge tunnel in the middle of a building and then the last and second is drawn up. In the third one, he does the same exact thing and in this one, there's a whole bit with a magnet and it's the same bit. Third one is J.J. Abrams? Third, third one is J.J. Abrams who produced this one. Never seen okay, the Okay, the climax of the first movie, though, De Palma's movie is set in the channel in the, on the Eurostar train from... London to Paris and right. involves a helicopter and specifically a helicopter rotor blade. What's memorable from the second and third installments? Jean Renault is driving the helicopter. Jean Renault, right? right? Yeah, I and like that flick with the bubble gum on the window. John First one's Boyd. a good movie. Yeah, it's Ving it's Rain, a very, it's a very good movie, but it's also it's slightly it's, it's incomprehensible and it's incomprehensible. Yes, and I it do makes remember no that. Sense. And it's very it's very self serious in a way that Brian De Palma it kind of works yeah. because he over stylizes and over dramatizes everything, and so he's got this big old conspiracy movie, which is what he does best, and yeah. it works. The and this one, is the movie. Let's just point out that the success of the successful launching of the Mission Impossible franchise at Paramount in that moment is what is what gave uh, Brian De Palma the opportunity to work with an even larger budget uh, over the hill in the Valley at Disney 
to make a mission to Mars. That's right. And Snake Eyes. The <laughs> very good mission to Mars. You're not you're not serious. Um no, there were no. two. What were the two Mars movies cuz one of them was Red okay Planet and one of them was the other one. Mission to Mars. Mission to Mars was better than Red Planet. Well, Mission to Mars is where they meet the aliens and they go in that weird pyramid thing and it's like a white room and they find like I forget it completely. Red Planet's yeah. one with I Val saw Kilmer. It I forget it. Wait, yes. which is the one? Okay, which I like is the, the Mission one? to Mars one. John Cheadle, I believe. Yeah, it's got Tim Robbins and a couple others. I the like Red it. Planet had Terrence Stamp and Val Kilmer. Not a good one. And, as and I which one is and Deep Star Six? Deep Star. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, which one is Sphere or Leviathan? Sphere is Mission even. to Mars. It's pretty Sphere. much the same fucking movie, actually. <laughs> Sphere is the underwater Leviathan. No, Leviathan is the underwater Mission to Mars. Where does Sphere virus, is, is the underwater Red Planet? Where does, vir- where does virus come in? That's all I really want to know. Exactly. Virus, <laughs> virus is the on top of the water, not underwater <laughs> sphere. And Red Planet is the in space virus. Deep rising. Actually, I think that's right. I think Red Planet is the is vir- is virus in space. I think you're actually all right. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Every film is these three films from now on. Oh God. Um, Mission Impossible Two. I don't remember John Woo. A memorable set piece from John Woo's movie. I don't John remember Woo. a thing about it. Uh, what was the memorable set piece? The memorable it's the set cliff, piece. If the, it's the clifftop fisticuffs between Tom Cruise and. Who's even the bad guy? Um, Dugray Scott. Dugray Scott. The man oh. who would be Wolverine, who was not. Yes. Who was but, replaced by Hugh Jackman. Yeah, exactly. He was replaced after, by Hugh Jackman. At the after last. breaking something during principal photography or him reshoots. And, him and Townsend hang out. Him too. and Stuart Townsend hang out a lot and drown their, yeah, drown their fucking drown tears. Their sorrows. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a movie, again, hindered by a huge, blubbery, romantic subplot, which at the time probably brought in a female audience with Michelle Tan- Tandy Newton. Moyne? See, that's I'm way off. One. I'm way off. And, and the film doesn't have anything to do with what you would want a Mission Impossible movie to be. MI3? Yeah. MI2. MI3 MI is my least favorite. I've never seen it. It's very forgettable. And again, romantic subplot, J.J. Abrams doing a little... Like, J.J. Abrams loves to show you that he understands how, how movies are made. So the whole MacGuffin in that is something called The Rabbit's Foot, which he never actually tells you anything about it. It's just they refer to it. They don't say, this is a switch, a nuclear switch. It's a disease. It's this. They right. don't even tell you what it is, and it's because from J.J. Abrams' studious it's vantage point. It's the magic point, box. Yeah, he doesn't have to explain it, so you don't have to know it, uh, but he makes it really just made me boring. cringe with that fucking... That was the a season box. in The Lost. He brought up the magic box, and I was like, we're The fucked. magic box is in all of J.J.'s... Oh, oh have you seen his TED Talk? I linked to it in my last in my last uh, uh, blog post before this one, but yeah, he does this TED talk all about the magic box Uh. and how it's the key to all storytelling. It's like, well, great, good for you. You have a magic box. Make and, something decent then. And in theory it works, but you know it's it doesn't like, really work. What feature films really has he directed? Super uh, Eight, Mission Impossible Three. And I think that's it. I'm not. A, he's not. Is won me, he's not won me over yet. Star Trek. Oh, Star Trek. There we go. Star Trek. I like. All right. We almost. We're almost Star Trek's there. Okay. I like Star Trek. Except okay. that it's just Star Wars. Made me a fan of. Star, Star made Wars. me a fan of Star Trek though, because I was always my entire life. I was like, fucking fuck Star Trek. I like Star Wars because I thought it was uh-huh. one or the and other. And then he thing. gave you Star Wars. Yeah, and then he gave you Star Wars as Star Trek. Star <laughs> then I went back and watched. Starships. Then I went back to watch a TOS, and I love it because it's the worst show ever made. Like I love the original Star Trek. It is the 
lowest budget, like wall shaking. You should all see Jack's face right now. He's just staring death. What's into wrong with Cohen. TOS? And it just <laughs> for someone who saw TOS for the first time in 2011. It's oh. a very low budget, like. But it has its TOS, charms. They're referring I to the it. original oh from the period. William Cheesy Shatner, is, Leonard yeah, Nimoy. I love the Batman. Uh, I love the Batman with Adam West thing too, for the same reasons. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where's Greg going? Well, Merck made some TOS. Uh, Mission Impossible Three bad guy was Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. I remember hearing about that. How is he as a uh, a, a foe? Um, he was great. And yet, some well, the the highlight of that movie is the two very much too brief sequence in which Tom Cruise's character wears the Philip Seymour Hoffman mask, which allows Phil, Philip Seymour Hoffman to play Tom Cruise playing Philip Seymour Hoffman, yeah. which is far more fun than anything else in that movie. <laughs> and it goes on for like five minutes, and you just want it to be the rest of the fucking movie so that you can get rid of Tom Cruise and just have Philip Seymour Hoffman on screen. But then again, I always think that about every movie that Philip Seymour Hoffman is in. Have Did you, you seen Have this? you seen Synecdoche, New York? Synecdoche, New York, yes, and oh, I like it. Oh, all right. We won't have this Who discussion. can spell sc- It's Schenectady. No. It's, it's Schenectady. Synecdoche. Synecdoche. It is not. It is. Is it's, it really? Which, which, uh, do we know what Synecdoche means? No. <laughs> it's it something means? really pompous. When that movie came out, a friend of mine was like, well, fucking, you don't know what Synecdoche means? And I was like, Schenectady. Well, Schenectady is the name of the city. Oh. But not the name of the movie? S-Y-N-E-C-H. Spelled like Synodoche. Oh, I always thought that was Synodoche. Synodoche, my hot new night spot down on Hollywood Boulevard. Or a cinnamon-flavored douche. And I found that something, speaking of douches, a nasal irrigation thing is called a nose douche, apparently. I looked on Wikipedia. What? I was looking up. I My nose was stuffed, and someone was like, get a neti pot. And I was like, that sounds fucking horrific. A so neti I, pot? A, a neti, neti pot. pot. He knows. So I wikipedia neti pot, and they were like, it's a nasal irrigation tool or a nose douche. That's amazing. <laughs> I want to start calling people nose douches. That's amazing. So apparently any fluid irrigation of the body is considered a douche. I found and that why out. shouldn't it be? Did you hear though it about goes this? In one, it goes in one color and it comes out salad dressing. As a complete, as off of the neti pot, there apparently two people have been reported dead in Louisiana. I read that because me, yeah. they used the wrong type of tap water without properly boiling it or you know defunkifying it, uh-huh. and used a neti pot, which you know you pour it in one nostril, comes out the other nostril, yeah. uh, cleans your sinuses. Do you know what a neti pot and is? And a and it looks like too. Aladdin's fucking magic lamp, and you shove one yeah, end up one it, nostril, you put it in your nostril, your head, and it cleans out your sinuses. But it, but without properly uh, preparing the water, uh, it allowed this amoeba, which oh, if geez. ingested is harmless because it goes down into your stomach. What was but the amoeba's name? If you put it up in your nose, it eats your brain, and they got their brains eaten by an amoeba because they used a neti pot. <laughs> That happened in Louisiana last week. Was it Emily the Louisiana. Amoeba? She's a bad girl. Was it Emily the Amoeba? <laughs> Emily the Amoeba. She is a bitch. <laughs> Eat your brains, she will. And she did. Seriously, that happened. That And and because we're, we're all so busy reading about Kim Jong-il and Newt Gingrich. Yeah. No one paid attention to the brain-eating Amoeba. No. I was so busy reading about New Gingrich. I had no time Emily. for any. I had no time for anything. And how he wants to put children to work and and <laughs> arrest that. judges. I support that too. <laughs> um, I'm, not very, I'm not very political. 
Um, well, I, well, I am. Well, I uh, am. So Mission Impossible 4, how did, it, <laughs> how did it stack up to the other three? Uh, it's arguably the best one in the series. And that's, and, and, and you'd be arguing versus the original. Versus the original any day. Brian the original kind of has its own thing going on and I still dig it. Right. Uh, but this one in terms of, you know, being uh, just a bunch of really smart, cool set pieces, humor, action, the plot, who cares? Uh, right. Who's the bad guy? Uh, nobody. Okay. There's no villain. Well, there's a villain. He's the guy and I forget his name. Uh, do Gray Scott, Mikhail Hathstrom, is that it? He's he's he was the lead in the Swedish version of Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. That's where I knew him. From. Okay, and he is a non-character in this. Very boring, very boring plot. Uh, totally perfunctory. Doesn't matter. Still a lot of fun, and it's funny. Would you say weak script? No, not in the sense that it it knows how its bread is buttered, and it's about. It's about stacking suspense and action and things keep on going wrong and they keep on piling on obstacles just when you think, oh, all they have to do is X, Y, and Z. It's like, no, all they have to do is A, B, C, D, E, F, and then X, Y, and Z. It's right. very skillful in that way. So I wouldn't say it's a bad script. And it's also basically the plot we found out of G.I. Joe 2. Did you see the trailer? Uh, yes. It is, in fact, exactly. The exact fucking plot. It's like, we've been disavowed. The Joes have been disavowed. All the Joes are dead, and no one knows what you are. You're alone in the world, and no one will believe you. Yeah. Today, By the way, isn't I, that the oldest plot in sort of spy, yeah, spy novels or You're spy all on movies? Gone to ground, or whatever the expression is. It's a fucking um, fugitive, even. It's it's an argument. Yeah. yeah, it's that whole, They've done like, it like, seven times. You gotta Jason believe Bond Jason series. Bourne. You gotta believe Jason me. Bourne. Speaking of, of which, it's strange now that Jeremy Renner, who seems to be positioned to pick up the reins in the Mission Impossible series, Peh. now that Tom Cruise looks like Not uh, a fan. the you know uh, <laughs> Pan's Labyrinth creature, and <laughs> a, 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 he's also taking over the Jason Bourne series. Though not as Jason Bourne, so in in two series that he did not originate, he is now being sort of handed the reins simultaneously. Is he and, playing Jeremy ja- uh, Jeremy James Jason Br- uh, Bourne? And incidentally, <laughs> Tom Cruise is getting all of Wait, Doug Jones' Doug Jordan? Jones's work. It's true. Yes. Yeah. Tom Cruise is going to be. <laughs> He's going to be the new the monster acrobat in, in man. Del Toro's modern day rim. Lon Chaney. Is that true? No, okay. I wish. But fucking Charlie Day is in Pacific Rim, which makes me go like, I don't Charlie know. Hunnam? No, Charlie, Charlie Day. Day from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. How about the Charlie great, Hunnam from Charlie Lords Day. of Anarchy? <laughs> what? Is that the main dude? Yeah. I like that guy. Yeah, blonde haired guy. I like good Unrecognizable show. in Children of Men. Do you remember? Is that? he in Children of Men? Unrecognizable. Is he the hippie dude? He He's was like, Nicholas Nickleby for MGM. He was also that. But he did not have white boy dreads and like a dead eye like he did in. Uh, was it 14 hours ago? Was he in the Matrix something? Or no. no was he like Mouse maybe? No. No. Okay. That annoying he threw character. Me off. Um, Which one? Everyone in the Matrix? I was about to no, say, mouse. yeah. Pick one. Pick a Tank, fucking name. Mouse. Cypher. <laughs> Cyber guy. Are you guys Matrix haters? Yeah. I'm not a Matrix hater, but All like. three of them? It's been a, it's been a oh, decade. Yeah. We could put them to rest. Who directed the second and third one? Just kidding. Guys. Just kidding. Um, guy and a gal. I, I thought the original was like a masterpiece. Disagree? I do. Really like the original, but it was a timing, it was a movie of its time, I think. It was our mentality as, as geeky film goers. Interesting. Now it's not as powerful, I don't think, because uh, that whole cyber fucking, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was the first kind of like cyberpunk right. action film that worked. Right. We, they tried it with Johnny Mnemonic. 
which is one of the worst films Oof. I've ever seen. That's true. Same lead. And then um, Keanu was like, wait, give me one more go at that. And it worked. Yeah. Who knew? And it was already when Keanu was kind of like, who, what was Keanu doing at the point of the Matrix? Well, the interesting thing is, what's Keanu doing now? Just eating sandwiches and looking sad. He does. Yeah. He looks very sad. I mean, do you not know about sad Keanu? Yeah, I know sad about Keanu. Sad Keanu. Yeah. Do you think sad Keanu, sad Keanu um, in some way was the sort of uh, the primordial ooze from which sad panda emerged? No, Sad Panda came first on South Park. Did he? Yeah. Okay. Like five years ago, I think. I don't know. I'm a sad panda. It was a... <laughs> I don't know what came first. Sexual harassment panda. Oh, sexual harassment panda. That's right. And then he was sad. <laughs> I'm a sad panda. <laughs> it was like the same panda. It is, uh, though... Same panda. Uh, ju- uh, jumping Rob. The Rob Pattinson jumping Rob. Uh, that's from Breaking meme. Dawn, right? That, that Which is from the waterfall scene in Breaking Dawn. Yeah. Is that a term? Uh, Jumping, yeah, Rob jumping Rob is is another sad Keanu, which had a oh. a, a life as a meme, meme for about six weeks over the summer. Right, last summer I think. Oh, those memes. Um, indeed, knowyourmeme.com is one of my favorite websites. Is it? It really is. I and there's something very pure about like seeing how people just riff on what other people are doing all over the world in their own unique little ways for no money, right. just because they think it's funny. And sometimes those th- fucking things are hilarious. Really? Sometimes some dude out of nowhere will have a photo and write something that is perfect. Every once in a while, and it will make you die. I still watch down. I still watch downfall parodies. Oh yeah, those. Well, that's like a perfect. I musical. still like a good downfall parody. Der uh, Untertitel. Oh, downfall. The, yeah. the Hitler finds out, you know. What's the best Hitler one? About if anyone's not a, what's I thought the, the Hitler Carmageddon. Hitler Carmageddon was good. See, I, but I'm a. I like the Writers Guild strike was a good one. I, I remember that one. Oh, fuck, I can't. There's so many because I. It, they, there's a one for everything you like. So I've seen a fish one. I've seen a because fucking. Because that scene is so great. And it's just yes, so easily well, in great, the beats. Are so e- the blanks are and so is he, easily is insertable. The, is he the best? Um, Hitler? Hitler. Yeah. This is I the best like movie Hitler ever. Noah Taylor and Max. Really? I really did. He's yeah. very good in that, actually. Yeah, I, I, like I thought that. it's not even a bad movie, but I thought he was fucking great in that. Well, how how many movie Hitlers can you name, really? Oof. Well, so that one is what? Who is that? Oliver Hirschbeigel? Is that his name? Yeah, that guy? yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think that's my favorite Hitler movie. Of I've all never time. seen Downfall. <laughs> uh, it's so good, and it's like so tense. This is the film Downfall, the, the German film. Uh, it's so tense and great and fascinating. And then the best part is all the Nazis die at the end, which yeah. is like bonus. <laughs> yeah. It was like, it's like a Jewish superhero movie, like Munich. It's kind of like. Munich is the first Jewish superhero movie. Yeah. We're, we're like, me and my friends got out of that theater well, and we were like, list. we are pretty fucking badass. Uh, not the same, not the same sentiment. No, cause he's not no. a Jew who saves the Jews. Uh, That's yeah, true. I love, I love Daniel Craig in Munich going, the only blood I care about is Jewish blood. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> a Jew is like a good rabble rouser. Well, there's that, and there's that great scene in Knocked Up when they're talking about that, when they're out at the bar and they're like, you know, we watched the other night, Munich, Munich. If any of us get laid tonight, it is because of Eric Bana in Munich. <laughs> <laughs> so many yeah. nights that I've thought exactly the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Munich. See, I'm weird. I go to Eric Bana in, um, see, I can't even think of a random fucking Hannah. Let's go. With, ah, boy. Bullshit. That would that didn't go for Anna. Anna. I like that. It's just actually. the sheer. It's just the sheer. I know. I'm trying to think of an older Eric Banner movie, but I got um, I got Hulk. Hulk. I got Hulk in my wheelhouse. Hulk. I got uh, Black Troy. Hawk Down. Troy. D- didn't remember Troy. 
Yep. Who does? Wouldn't have placed that. Wolfgang Peterson. Um, I'll, I'm a big Hulk defender. Chopper. If Are we, you really? If we've never spoken about that. Ang Lee's Hulk? I'm a Hulk defender. And what's funny is I'm really? a huge Louis Lettier Hulk defender. Are you? Yeah. You know, I don't even know if I've seen the whole movie. I love you it. You should. Is it good? It's, it's at least as good as the Ang Lee, if not better. I prefer it, yeah. I wouldn't say, I would never call myself a big defender of it. I am a, a, um, and again, it's like, well, how many hours in a in a calendar year do you have to spend defending something before you reach defender status? <laughs> but I'm, oh, I'm, I'm there much Boulevard more inclined to defend his um the same director Louis Leterrier's remake of Clash of the Titans. Oh, I'm with you on that. Totally. I didn't I didn't see it. I like that totally. movie a lot. It is it is silly fun. There's a moment in his great Hulk, design. There's a moment in True. his Hulk through movie and through. where he uh where Hulk yells at the rain, and yeah. that's my favorite. Uh, uh, on-screen comic book movie moment as of yet in really? my life. Yeah, at one point Hulk, because I was like, that's the best they've ever got a character nailed down to an essence. At one point, it starts thunderstorming, and the Hulk gets pissed at the sky, and like fucking yells at it and throws a rock at it. I was like, yeah, the Hulk would get mad at the rain. It's like, so true. That makes sense. Yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> I liked and I liked ridiculous. the the Ang Lee version because I thought it. Not only did he really like take the idea of making a comic book movie uh-huh. extremely literally, right? Where you're dividing the panels, the panels, panels which and I all thought that was stuff. pretty unique. And, but, then, uh, and turns out to have been was he the first to do that? Well, was, not not strictly. Or did we see some of that of in like TV it, pilots? Well, putting it in making it that extreme, which and he does it throughout the entire. Film. I mean, the entire movies. Right. Um, yeah. I thought it was pretty bold, but then it right. also oh, what I liked about it is that. Uh, Hulk is a child that he makes Hulk an infant. He's a big, overgrown infant, and the whole film is about how he, you know, had this childhood trauma, and so that basically it's his inner child coming out, which I thought was pretty interesting. Huh. Um, I will break down the difference. Uh, Angley's Hulk is an infant, whereas Leterrier's Hulk is like a fucking five-year-old bastard. <laughs> like okay. when those kids are in that <laughs> real fucked see up <laughs> stage where they're just like, "Fuck everything! I'm pissed! I want to break shit!" Like the terrible fives. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. man. The terrible um, two through seven. I liked Ang- I remember liking Ang Lee's Hulk a lot when it came out, and my go-to line to defend it was like, "It's like a superhero ballet." Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. True. Just watch it. Well, the scene when he's like jumping, the jumping over those. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty fucking great. Crushing it was Tiger hurt by the scene. It's hurt. It's hurt now by its CGI. Yeah. In terms of dating a film really quickly. Yeah. Because that it's was so hurt. CGI it's, dependent. It's also hurt now by the fact that does anybody really give a fuck about the Hulk? I certainly Matt don't have it's does. Mark Ruffalo. Nobody cares. I don't care right. anymore. I'm, that's my biggest, like, everyone's a psych for the Avengers, and I know Edward Norton was apparently not easy to work with, but, like, Mark yeah. Ru- fucking Ruffalo is a replacement? I, I just hate that they keep replacing characters like that, even if it's for a good cause. My favorite thing about that was the oh, the week Weekend Iron 2 came out. Someone snapped a picture of a movie marquee somewhere in the country, and it said, Iron Man 2, Terrence Howard 0. <laughs> really? Yeah, I love that. I love that. That's hilarious. See, I'll trade up. I'll trade up for a Don Cheadle from a Tense Howard. Actually, that didn't bother me so much. I guess. I mean, I don't get too attached to that kind of stuff. But yeah. if they started, it just depends if they start recasting um, characters and franchises that I'm actually that already, attached to. I'm yeah. not a fan of that. Like ones that happened to you. What's a prime example? Yeah, what's a good example of that? Mm, you know, because um, I'm still angry about Roger Moore. Bryce Dallas Howard replacing <laughs> yeah. Rachel Lefav or whatever in Twilight Saga. Um, huh. Okay. So what's a good example of that that I did not like? 
I'm trying to think of just examples in general of when someone got replaced in a sequel. Somebody gets recast. <laughs> Twin Peaks Firewalk with me when they were fucking the chick they replaced um uh Lara Flynn Boyle with. I don't know if you're you gotta be a Twin Peaks fan, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Laura but Flynn like, Boyle did not, not play no. did not play Laura Palmer or did? Ne- never played Laura Palmer. Palmer. She played Donna, yeah. her best okay, friend. They, replaced, they recast her. They recast her in the movie version. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Which is a huge film in France. Oh my god! In the Japanese, like they, they oh they are love it. Obsessed. They love with it. That movie with Firewalk with, with me. Because it's all weird. It's it's as weird as Lynch will allow himself to fucking go. Yeah. It's so polar opposite to the, the TV show. Yeah. Um, what's a good example of that recasted? Trying to think of a famous Characters. one, maybe throughout a. Hmm. Well, like you got TV, it happens a lot. You got well, the Becky, the Becky's on Roseanne. A good example. Mm-hmm. Um. God, if I get this right, it'll be a miracle. But Robin, either Robin Douglas or Robin Curtis, replacing Kirstie Alley as Lieutenant Savick in Star Trek Three. And two is her first movie because that's Kirstie Alley played Savick in two. It's an introducing. Kirstie Alley is Savick. Let's not have any fucking debate about uh, that. I disagree. (laughs) (laughs) And And then here comes Robin Curtis Douglas or whatever the hell her last name is. um, In Journey Home. In no Star Trek Three: The Search for Three, she comes in. She comes in. I'd have no idea what the problem with Kirstie Alley was. Yeah, I'm trying to place it now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and Kirstie Alley is, is Savick. Did you hear the new Star Trek rumor? No. Uh, uh, I don't remember who it was, but... Uh, uh, this, by the way, this is my favorite kind of... This is my f- favorite uh, favorite moments in podcasting with Jack Morrissey is when... Um, you get scooped? You two slappies show up here at the front door and actually tell me things uh, because I don't, I'm too lazy to <laughs> read internet. I can't recall who the actress is because there's like 80 billion young 19-year-old hot actresses now. Uh-huh. But someone just got cast in Star Trek and they are saying... Star Trek 2. Yes, and they're saying Janice Rand for the character. Oh, really? Yeah. How about Carol Marcus? I don't think she... I think Rand would come in first, right? Yeoman Rand was on the first season like... Yeah, all I'm episode. saying though is that we we do allegedly have Khan in this movie, right? Nestor Carbonell, everyone replacing saying? Uh, Benicio del Toro. Right? However, they're saying Benicio was never. Pl- oh, wait, I see. They went Benicio del Toro, then it went to another uh, Hispanic actor. Yeah, and then they were John saying Leguizamo. I can't remember who it was. And then they were saying, <laughs> uh, "No, Nestor Carbonell has been cast all along." Right, and that's the guy from like Lost. Well, playing Khan. Yeah, and he plays the mayor of Gotham City. He's right. Bat Manuel in, uh, in the Tick. <laughs> yes, that's yeah. right. Um, so it so looks if you're like have we're Khan getting in Star Trek Two. Why not have Carol Marcus for in that, Star Trek Two? Who for, for the uninitiated, yeah, is is uh, an old one of you know eight hundred and seventy six uh, old flames of James Tiberius Kirk's, but unlike the other uh, eight hundred and seventy five, this one actually bore him his son, which he never knew about prior to the events of Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. That's a funny scene you never see, is Bones giving Kirk like penicillin for all the fucking herp- <laughs> herpes he's got from That's banging so green chicks. I'm going to write that comedy sketch. Don't steal that. I'm writing it before it goes on the air tonight, folks, so you don't have it. It's already mine. <laughs> Damn it, Jim, I have to give you a shot in your penis. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, why hasn't that been... Think about it. Kirk... Stop squirming, Jim. I'm a doctor, not a monkey hangler. <laughs> Most of them are green, so if anything, he gets some green on him, you know? 
That's got to go away somehow. That's true. Yeah. You've got green penis, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> I've oh. never seen it so bad. Oh, bones. And then he's like, oh, Leonard. And they have, and they laugh, and then he fucking injects his <laughs> yeah. cock. Like, they laugh first, and then he goes, They freeze swing. frame, yeah. and then his hand just moves down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Sulu walks by and goes, oh, my. See, we're making it. It's a whole fun Star Trek uh, role, uh, fan fiction we're doing here, folks. I used to love that on um, the, the great show Police Squad, uh, which became the Naked Gun series. Right. Um, that the end of every episode is the freeze frame, except it's just all of them standing super still, and then you'll have like other characters just walk walking by them. The frame, yeah. or there's one where he stands still, like while pouring coffee, and then they just keeps pouring it, and then just pours all over the floor was as that, the credits are rolling. It's was, so good. Was that pre airplane? Uh, no, I think that was right after airplane. Okay, it was so, post airplane. So yeah. they, Kentucky Fried Movie was the big fucking start, and then into airplane, then right into Police Squad. I if we're doing our Abrams. Greg Zucker, would be the connoisseur of Zucker timeline. Brothers. I believe yeah. that uh, Airplane came after Kentucky Fried Movie. It definitely, no, it Kentucky definitely Fried did. Was Kentucky Fried first. Movie is directed by John Landis. Yeah. So yes, and but Airplane. I don't think the Zucker Brothers had anything to do with Kentucky yeah, Fried Movie, did they? So. Did Abrams? One of them definitely did. I Maybe, believe. Yeah, I mean, I Jim Abrams. Thought did. I thought Zucker's did too. Okay, I could be wrong. I thought that was like the first time they'd gotten something. Out Kentucky of, Fried Movie to me is not is not big. But but the Zucker. How about the Groove Tube? Uh, yeah, I like Kentucky yeah. Fried yeah. Movie. There's um, I like it. Catholic like, Schoolgirls in Peril, Top Secret, <laughs> um, yeah. Naked Gun. Those movies. Top Secret's amazing. Top Secret. That's is probably the so most underrated fun. out of all of them. Yeah, is Real Genius Souvenirs. one of those too? Oh yeah, well, Real Geniuses. Souvenirs, right novelties, party tricks. Party tricks. <laughs> you can sir, come smell this flower. My my favorite line in that entire movie uh, cracks me up uh, cracks me up every time is I know a little German he's sitting over there <laughs> and then this t- tiny little guy in Lederhosen just stands up and waves <laughs> <laughs> like there's nothing better than a good fucking Abram Zucker you know what I mean Visual when it goes pun. bad it goes bad like didn't they do superhero movie I believe I think they did are we gonna roll credits on them. They're no, not on our podcast. Well, um, when it goes really bad, it's on. after it's after nine eleven when Jerry and David Zucker decide that they're uh, super conservative and uh, they make what was that terrible movie that was like I hate America or something that was like a, oh, a Michael uh, it was like a, a parody film about a Michael Moore character. And right. how liberals are destroying our country. That's when it gets really bad. I don't know about that. I definitely think, yeah, they should probably hang it up. You know who upsets me? Like Mel Brooks. Think about this. The last time Mel Brooks made a film, and probably his last film of all time, is Dracula Dead and Fucking Loving It. True. Wow. And that's been like 16 years, maybe? It's definitely been a while. Can um, I roll directing credits for Jim Abrahams? Abrahams? Is that Jim him? Abrams, yeah, Jim Abrams. Abram, no, it's Abrahams is how it's spelled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't it's know the, how I pronounce it. The Jew it. way to pronounce Abram it is Lincoln. Abrams. So as a, well, let's just, maybe, uh, I don't know. Maybe the producing credits are more interesting. Airplane, Police Squad, Top Secret, The Naked Gun from the Files of Police Squad. By the way, all these titles have exclamation points at the end of them. Mm-hmm. They and do he, actually. I never thought about mafia. that. They do. Yeah. He's, he produced Cry Baby mafia. for John Waters. Naked Gun two and a half. Naked Gun thirty three and a third. Let's jump. And I gotta say, though I don't love Mafia. Jane Austen's like, Mafia. And which has Jay Moore in it. Exclamation shout point. Out. 
has one of my favorite lines in comedy history, though, when Jay Moore meets his estranged son. Yes, I know what you're talking about. And he goes, uh, oh, you're, you're cute. What's your name? It's it, And Jay Moore, oh, Christ, uh, Christina Applegate meets right. her son that she's never met. And she goes, you're a sweetheart. What's your name? And the kid goes, Diane. And Jay Moore goes, I named him after his mother. <laughs> <laughs> and then she goes, I'm a mother? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lloyd Bridges, man. Come on. Yeah, I, I, that's not, not a great movie, but it is, it is certainly funny. It's got its moms. Um, Leslie Nielsen is deceased. Yes, he right? is. And do you know what his tombstone says? No. Do you? Yes, I do. What does it actually? say? Yes, I do. Where it, is it? I don't know that. But it is actually on, on Leslie Nielsen's tombstone. Let her rip. Really? Yep, fart joke on his tombstone. I just found out. Really? Speaking yep. of funny epitaphs, I found out yesterday that the British comedian Spike Milligan's is, I told you I was ill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a pretty good one. <laughs> yeah. W.C. Fields, all things being equal, I'd rather be in Philadelphia. <laughs> That's what his tombstone says. I don't, yep. I don't like him. Wow. Speaking of tombstones. Mel Blank says that's all, speaking folks. Speaking of tombstones, all dogs go to heaven. All dogs yeah. go to heaven. What a segue. Podcast, uh, podcast exclusive, how tacky. Such bad <laughs> oh taste. So I haven't posted it on my Facebook. I have not tweeted it. We sent Pigpen, our dog, uh, on to wherever he's going last Friday. So three days ago. At 9.05 in the morning on December 16. Yeah, three days ago. And then yesterday, this is the part that I did not tell you. Or actually, I may have texted you yesterday. But... um. Yes, we put him to sleep or whatever the expression is on Friday. And then yesterday I went to the crematorium in beautiful Sun Valley, California. Oh, right God. next to Sunland. FedEx. <laughs> Spunland. And I saw him one last time and then carried him over and did it. Like flip the three toggle switches, set the dial at five. Pushed, the, activated the door, and then stood and waited for the thing to heat up, and then watched the flames come on. It was pretty crazy. Oh, pretty crazy. Ooh, is he back here? He is. He's he's in my office on the Adama desk. <laughs> I think that says. Uh, do you have Adama's to... desk? I do. How have I never seen you? All right, well, that's another I've, story. You've never been allowed right. into my yeah, office. Okay, that's it. Um, <laughs> But yeah, for Team Jack fans out there on, um, well, by which I mean to say, uh, all the Twihards who know about Pigpen through Team Jack on Twitter, um, and Team Jack down at, uh, Camp Breaking Dawn, Tent City last month or whatever, uh, Pigpen is no more after, I think, 14 years, which makes him, which made him 80 something. Very good life for a dog. A l- very, very, very long run. Bigger and dog there than was typically no lives that long. Yeah, that's an awesome right, run. Right to the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah. There was a moment of distress, but otherwise there's really no suffering. So There's nothing worse than that, too. Than suffering? The, well, than, than seeing a pet suffer. Not to bring it down yeah. too much, but yeah. uh, I've been there. I, I know a lot of people who have to go there. And it's here's my... Fucking here's Here's my canvassing, my research canvassing question. All the pets that you've had once once they move on, uh, what have you done with them? Bur- never- buried, cremated, cremated individually, 
cremated as a group. I heard some horrible things at the crematorium yesterday. I've never had in terms of what happens to pets if you donate them to science. I've never had a real pet before, but for my current dog, which I've had for four years, yeah. he's a little dog, so we got decades. Um, so but I've had as like, long as you're a good parent, Matt. Yeah, I'm an awesome fucking parent, and not an you? asshole. No idea. Uh, if I see a if I see a uh, lost dog sign with a photograph of your dog, wouldn't happen. Leash. You're a shitty leash. parent. My dog doesn't go off the leash, and that's good. why I think if I see an Iams bag, I'll kill you because that shit is terrible. <laughs> I go to that the vet, shit is cancer in a bag, friends. I am fucking hard. They will not be sponsoring um, Team Jack. I had gerbils, though, and I did bury those, so much so that I was living in Vermont at the time, and I was like, well, I'm going to leave here eventually, and I'm not going to have any fucking resonance in Vermont, so I took the gerbils, and I drove back to New York with them and buried them in Long Island. I, I know where my gerbils are buried to this day. There's four gerbils in one plot out by my parents' house in the woods. I put a fucking big boulder so over you it. Dug up, you dug up your gerbils. You exhumed your gerbils that had been buried. No, I hadn't buried them. So they just died. So, and, and what we were shape were they? They just like died, and I was like, yes, exactly. We were leaving like two days later, and I froze them, honestly. I put them in a Ziploc bag and put them in the freezer for the car ride. So they froze, and they didn't rot. And then Fair I just enough. put the bag in the ground and put dirt on top of it. That beats my story. What's your story? Cremation. <laughs> oh, really? Cremation. <laughs> for dog? Yeah. 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 And then like fish, toilet. I mean, that's not a fucking surprise to anyone. Yeah, it's water. Frogs, toilet. Water. Yeah, I've never only mammals. I think mammals is the real discussion of, or like birds maybe, and the, yeah, gerbils. I bear. I went with the burial. You know, you're we're sitting there yesterday at this uh, out at this place or whatever, and there he is, um, looking amazing. Two days later, having been refrigerated, and the thing about this dog, anybody who's ever met the dog, or you know, if you've seen a photograph of the dog or whatever, so cute, mm. and. Part of the bitch of it is it's weird. It's like, um, as I said to my friend Mike, who was like Pigpen's third dad, who was with me through this, it's like you meet other dogs in the neighborhood or whatever. You know, when I go up hiking into Runyon Canyon, you see a number of other dogs. I wouldn't have a problem. I would have like a second thought for lots of other people's dogs <laughs> because there's nothing attractive about that them. That fur is I all mean, wrong. Well, those those people are obviously into what they're into or whatever. But yeah. the, the thing about Pig was, as as uh, Bill said, he never lost his looks even to the end. He had like a very youthful looking face. So you're sitting there in this viewing, and he's looking great, and you you do know that he will not always look great, and he will statistically never look better than he's looking right now but you actually start to having always assumed cremation you then start to have those second thoughts and as you're sitting there you're literally talking out loud and saying things to yourself just to make yourself hear them right. like literally quote unquote taxidermy is yeah that's no that's really disrespectful yeah no it's really disrespectful no and, well, we don't really have a yard to speak of, and nobody stays in any one house forever. Right. And, God, are there, but are there um, pet cemeteries in Southern California? There must be iPhone, Google. Oh, yeah, there's one. Yeah, there's a, there's a memorial park right up the 101 in Calabasas. Why the fuck do I want pig pen in the ground 
in Calabasas. 25 miles up the 101 freeway, even if it means that I can put a monument over where he's laying that will, in theory, permanently mark his uh, existence on Earth, which is the point of cemeteries, partially. But you find it, you go through the whole thing. Um, for us, ultimately, and ultimately to have ended up at the place where you're basically like, um, well, with cremation, yes, we will, we will be converting this body into carbon. We'll be hastening, hastening a natural process that would happen anyway. And we can always have them in the house. And, and the other option, fucking taxidermy is the single fucking creepiest thing of all time. There's a, there's a, creepy. um, across the street where I walk my dog in the park, uh, sometimes I take like a little side street back by some residential houses and there's a giant bay window and in that bay window is a stuffed great dane and every time i walk oh. by it fucking freaks me out now here's wow. the creepier Ugh. part they have real live dogs who fucking stand looking out the window with the dead dog wow so i don't like my well, un- my uncle it's it's weird what the neighborhood whole- is this <laughs> right down the fucking uh you could probably see it from here it's weird with some people my uncle um this always freaks me out. My uncle, and it freaked me out eight years ago when it happened, and it's still going ongoing. My uncle had a little, like, my uncle always had dogs, and his wife had, like, a shih tzu or something, and the dog lived to, like, fucking 18, and it right. died. And they usually bury their dogs in their backyard, but it was winter, so he was like, well, we can't bury the dog in the hard We thing. can't, we can't, the spade won't penetrate the bitter. That's what he said, that was the rationale. Bitter, so, uh, rock, New York, hard Long Island fucking winter. And great, great neck, incidentally, my uncle. Um, Pedophiles. But he has a, uh, it might all. be worse, this one. Maybe. Pedophiles Maybe. all. Maybe. He has one of those, like, Maybe. industrial, <laughs> he had an, has an industrial freezer in his garage, like, you know, some people, like an ice box, a horizontal freezer Matt, sort of thing. Matt, uh, sitting yesterday at the, uh, literally, I thought to myself, back to my childhood when we had... A giant industrial freezer down in the basement. His dog's been frozen for 10 years in his garage, my <laughs> uncle. Still? Still, in a sweater. They put a sweater on it, and I was like, when are you going to bury that dog? And like a year after it happened, I was like, you are fucking gross, dude. Bury your dog. It's been 10 years. They're never going to bury that dog. Do they put other things in the freezer? I like- don't know the specifics. I think there might be two like dead dogs like a now. a bottle of Grey Goose and a dead wow. dog. I think there might be two at this point, but I definitely know that like Ginger, the first one, is still yet to meet the ground. It's in that freezer to this day. That's amazing. So uh, yeah, that's 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 not being Capturing able to let go. Yeah, dude. that's not being able great to neck, great neck. You're on notice. <laughs> great neck, New York. We love you. Wow. Yeah, so I thought about least, it. At least you I had some kind it. of of permanence though. And I like this is gut. I can't even think about this because of my dog at home. But like, at least. Let me give you some advice, Matt Cohen. I'm staring right at Matt Cohen right now. Yeah. Start thinking about it. I mean, he's only four. Start <laughs> thinking about it. But, uh, cause here's the weird thing, dude. Like when you sit there and you, you actually like take yourself through this whole process, lots of things, lots of things come out of the ass end of that process, including and not limited to, by the way, huh? Bill has made no arrangements. <laughs> I have made no arrangements. I'm 44. Am I going, how do I feel about my, human remains or what will be my human remains cremation um cremation in niche in the wall in forest lawn glendale like james whale or uh 
gravesite like Poltergeist Girls <laughs> at the Westwood Memorial Park there on Wilshire Boulevard behind the Avco Cinema. Like what Hollywood Forever Cemetery? Bill and I were talking about that last night. Bill's like, yeah, that really is. That's that's really the best one. Um, backs right up to Paramount. Yeah, totally. And you can share your your eternity with Miss Virginia Rapp, who was uh, sexed to death with by a Coke bottle by Fatty Arbuckle. She's buried there. Maybe I always maybe. leave a Coke maybe. bottle. Maybe, maybe. I always leave maybe. a Coke maybe. bottle on her grave, just in case. Just in case. <laughs> Do you really? No, I've wanted to though before. That's but what's what's happened? But she is uh, Hollywood there. Forever now is that they've started showing movies outdoors. I've seen flaming. I took I took mushrooms and saw a concert at a cemetery. Popular. I was I saw two concerts. It's great. Cinespia in the Cinespia. 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 And then they do shows. And did you hear too. that the Academy has announced that they are building very quickly a uh, large amphitheater to show movies outdoor like mm. right behind right on the property that they own behind like the big lots um where they were going to build the academy museum before they announced plans to relocate well, well, that to lacma there's, there's another outdoor theater too because i by the hollywood bowl across the 101 well that's the ford but the that's ford what, that's at, yeah. yeah the ford amphitheater but there. that's actually a performing arts venue Yes. We're talking about just movies. So oh, that's not and just, just movies, movies outdoors okay. in the in Movie Town USA, Los Angeles. You know what I've done a couple times that's pretty, that's pretty cool? It's called Devil's Night Driving. I don't know if you're familiar either, you gents. Mm-hmm. Um, no. They take a uh, parking garage in downtown LA, like right on 3rd Street. I have heard about this, actually. And they project a movie on the wall of the apartment building next to it, and it's a drive-in on top of a parking garage. I saw Clockwork Orange. I saw Up in Smoke. How's the How's the... It's not bad. And I'm not splitting hairs. It doesn't need to be Blu-ray or anything, but no, has the image quality. No, it's, it's not bad, but it's more of the whole communal, like, you're on Are a, you looking at a hundred windows? No, they, it's, um, they, it's a whited out building, so they tar- okay. they do it, and then, uh, they pump the sound right in through your stereo. Right. Uh, they have, like, concession and, like, girls on roller skates with hot dogs and beer. It's nice. fun. It's fun. Like, you know really? what I mean? It's really cool. It's they go year-round or just in warmer months? Uh, year-round, I believe. I'm not huh. sure. Uh, I've seen a few flicks there. You gotta check it. Is there it. sex? <laughs> at the drive I have yeah. you're in pretty Everywhere. close proximity That's the point to the other of a cars. Drive-in, right? But the problem with this one is because you're on a rooftop and because it's so hipster LA, you have it it's fucking jammed pack. Right. So you're literally a foot from the dude next to you. It's the tightest right. drive in I've ever been in. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, I don't personally, just getting back to it, I really don't care Is that Marlin? What happens to my body once I'm dead. That is somebody else's problem. Yeah, I'm not. That is a YP not an MP. I'm not a grave dude either. I don't care. My not Steven, even Steven Spiel blog is my legacy. But what I'm that is my tombstone. <laughs> but like even my family in a horrible way. Like I don't know that I'll be a big parents' grave. Is I'm not a great. I'm not a cemetery guy. I cop. I don't have any connection with uh, empty coffin grave on top. That doesn't. You know what I mean? Mm, no. That does sound delicious. An empty coffin with some grave on top. I don't. I don't. Uh, <laughs> I don't find any solace in visiting where their body once was before it disintegrated. I'd rather just have the memories alive in my mind, kind of. Wouldn't you rather really just have you have their ashes on your Adama desk? I don't even know that I need physical thing. Right. I th- I think I'd rather the collector and me when literally we were see that's ready what I just thought. I was like, fuck, do I collect my family to the vet's car. The collector and me hilariously kicks in, and it's like. Okay, I know we've got his collar already because Bill took his collar off. Is there anything? Is there anything else that we should be? <laughs> what kind of, what no, kind of box? No, we're not going to snap his. his we're not going to get hedge off. cutter out and cut his 
his adorable front paws off and make fucking keychains out of them. What kind of uh, geek box are you going for? Are you going for a geek box or classy for for the the, remains? um, There's, I just thought it was going to come back in a simple pine box or whatever until I saw this vase, this marble vase that has exactly his coloring mat. And I was like, I want it. Must have. Have it engraved. So it looks very obvious what it is, right? Yeah. Because I've, I was at a friend's house once and I was like, um, hey, do you have an ashtray? And he was like, yeah, yeah, just grab that thing off the table. No. And I was, I, I was trying to open it for like a good two minutes and finally I was like, how do you open this ashtray? And he was like, uh, no, 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 no. That's my father. Whoa. That, yeah, that actually happened. It was a little awkward. I was What's like, your father doing on the coffee table? Next for time, starters? give a hint. Yeah. Uh, it was, Mantle it was piece, a desk. It was a desk. But, mantelpiece. But still, it was like, and the, then the ashtray looked Put the a man lot, on the mantelpiece. The ashtray that Seriously. I did find looked a lot like his father's fucking urn. So it was, it was a situation like, dude, give me a hint next time. Wow. Before you send people willy nilly to <laughs> ash in your that father's might be the, ashes. the uh, title for episode 12, willy nilly. Mm. Or like a comedy franchise at Fox or something. Willy Nilly. Nilly. Piggly Wiggly. Uh, Starring Ryan Reynolds and Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> you know that's the future. And speaking They're of... Buddy, two twin brothers, Buddy Willy and Nilly. Starring Ryan yeah. Reynolds as both buddies. Speaking of sending people Willy Nilly, Greg Yolen, flying for Vancouver tomorrow. Bye. Do I have any wishes for you for the holiday? Let's... Let, by the way, um, during my brief visit up to... The shooting location for Breaking Dawn. Mm. I'm thinking about restaurants. I'm sort of <laughs> jealous. Like, are you going to? I'm going to. The are there Walmart. any places you're going to revisit? Are you going to go to the top of Grouse Mountain and have a I am beaver actually, tail? I am actually going to to Grouse Mountain. Actual beaver. You're going to go up there? Yeah. No, no, no. no. Oh, no. It's, it's fried dough. I was like, it's I fried dough and it's in basically pulled long, flat, l- looking very similar to a beaver tail. Goes in the fry basket. Matt Cohen. The fry basket, fry basket goes in the, in the, uh, oil. <laughs> yes, this is how fried dough is made. And Jack that, Morrissey takes you through take the it out steps of, of fried and dough. And you go in the oil. Sharks in the oil. Big shark. Anyway. Beavers in the oil. basket, basket comes back up and then they flip flop that motherfucker around in cinnamon and sugar. And it is heaven so it's like a flat, on the top of a Grouse Mountain. Funnel cake and pulled out. It's called a beaver tail, and it was introduced to me by God bless you, Ian McKellen, during the shoot for X Men Two. Jack, X-Men. you must have this beaver tail. Gandalf uh, loves beaver. Should we just go over here and uh, have a beaver tail? A beaver tail. I well, Ian, won't that be the closest tail. that you've ever come to eating beaver? <laughs> <laughs> you fool of a took! I'll have beaver tail. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? Does he ever bust into Gandalf just to entertain almost, Magneto? Almost never. Oh, God. If I was friends with him, I'd be like, dude, It's Mag- always, if it's Magneto. anything, it's you shall not pass for like, no, he's going to pass Ian. He's, <laughs> he's coming up on the left. He's going to go ahead and If you smoke a joint with Ian McKellen, he goes, you shall pass. And then he's like, come on, man, fucking give it up. <laughs> oh. Seriously, how many hits are you going to take come on, on the halfling's leaf? It's not a microphone, puff, Craig. Puff. Pass! <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Everybody's like twirling their index fingers in the yeah. air. Like, Let's wrap this shit up and Hour get the 19. fuck out of here. I got to go watch Lord of the Rings now. Um, Greg Yolen, have a, have, have a half happy Christmas and half happy Hanukkah. Thank you. And you have a full happy Christmas Kwanzaa festival season. Thank you. I don't know what we're doing, but 
Uh, Matt Cohen and I are going to see each other again uh, within the week to record episode 12 with whomever else we can ring. rope into this uh, Shonda of a podcast. Marlon Wayne's hopefully. We're just waiting for him to call. Anytime now. He was at the Breaking Dawn premiere, Love so you, he's Marlon. clearly got Love nothing you. to do. Um, or yeah. Ian McKellen, if he wants to hear more of my hilarious Hobbit Still routines. in Middle Earth. Ugh, dang it. I know. Let's take a trip. Uh, we will have another episode that airs before Christmas. We will not. We will. We will not. We Christmas will. is Sunday. We will. Christmas is Saturday. Yes, you're right. We will not. We will not. I found so, that out because so of my Merry co- Christmas. Yeah. Happy Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Where, war in Iraq is over. And to my Diwali fans out there, fucking live it up. <laughs>